A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to the NXT 2.0 review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT 2.0. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review NXT 2.0, but also Raw, SmackDown, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. (laughs) We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a really good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by the Dudley Boys to review NXT 2.0. What did you make of this week's show, Hamlet? Crap, mostly full of crap. <laughs> it's it's a rubbish. It's it's a rubbish show. <laughs> it's a rubbish show. I'm gonna have more fun talking about it with you guys than I did watching it. Yes, this felt um, on the blander side of the silly. I think is uh, the best way to sort of cover it off in a one liner. It. It continues to try and do NXT 2.0. Tits, ass, new people you don't understand. Like, every week, there's... It's like that. <laughs> there's, there's quite a bit of that every single week. Um, in that way that WWE always want to capture the new viewer. What if somebody's clicking over? How will they know who these people are? Well, it doesn't matter because they didn't exist last week. So there's that bit of wackiness, but I don't like it when it's too earnest for its own good. And there was a lot of bland matches on the show dragging down the wackiness. The extent of my emotional invos- investment, investment, <laughs> investment in NXT 2.0. I sounded like you doing a bad Geordie accent, yeah. even though it's your actual accent. Investment, <laughs> Saudi Arabia, no investment. Fund. The extent of my emotional attachment, <laughs> cock, to <laughs> this brand is. I get annoyed when we have retrospectively missed the opportunity to play a game because we could have goddamn played This is your thing yesterday yeah, because it was a new gimmick. And I'm like, oh, mm. why didn't we play it? It was a like, jazz singer now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I think this, this show was kind of, it passed me by as well, but it was kind of summarized by the fact that I think it's fair to say that the NXT 2-point dome uh, has the most hardcore of the hardcore. Mm. And even they were like, we're not calling him Gunther. An absolutely remarkable hijack that nobody could have predicted. You've pointed this out, Cedric. So performative. The crowds have lost interest in on Raw and SmackDown in hijacking anything anymore. They can't be arsed. They're watching AEW. Yes. Well, like, they don't need to hijack a show because they get what they want on the other one. And I think you'll find that the crowds were pretty reactive to Ronda Rousey's speech I saw on Monday Night Raw. They were pretty loud. <laughs> <laughs> 
Weirdly loud. Yeah, almost too loud. Suspiciously loud. <laughs> loud. Suspiciously. All, all at the same time and in the exact same tone and timbre. That loud. <laughs> but, I'd, yeah, who would have had this specific crowd hijacking anything? What a what a great commentary on one of the more boring wrestlers in this six-man tag. It's happening. It is, they, are, they are killing this guy, and it's not just because of his name. When was the last time you heard a Gunther chop? <laughs> it's meant to sound like a shotgun. Mm. Yeah. I can't remember hearing one yep. in America. It's, it was surreal. This let's talk about the opening. It was surreal because it was uh, Diamond Mine versus Imperium, Gunther, and the two stars Marcel Bartel and Fabian <laughs> Eichner. Um, like I said, yeah, they were chanting Walter throughout this this entrance and poor commentary. Like there he is, there's Gunther. It's so funny that isn't it? Like the I love that the crowd in the two point dome. The, the, the shit that they swallow every single week and then they fold their arms angrily at Walter Ring. It's so weird, isn't it, how everybody's got their sort of levels of what's acceptable. Well, I'm absolutely not tolerating this. Um, I'm actually quite a fan of latent racism and obvious overt misogyny, but I will not take this man's name being changed to Gunther. No, no, no. <laughs> Bunch of fucking weirdos. Becky Lynch was right. Yes. <laughs> you weirdos. Uh, yeah, so the match starts... Well, the match actually started before the bell rang because Gunther just kicked Roderick Strong as hard as he could in the face. And I thought, oh, that's a bit Walter-esque, that. <laughs> but then he faded back into Gunther. Um, it was a big fight to kick it all off. Um, the Creed Brothers come in and do Creed Brothers stuff. Oh, sorry, before I forget, he's got like a little jazzy trunks now. You know what's this? He's got like... A bit of pattern on his gear. It's like, just, no. Here's the one. It's like, like he can't win, because like, I assume, I mean, for a variety of reasons, he got, you know, jobbed out relatively quickly when they had that Survivor Series, because Vince McMahon looked at him and was like, ugh. And <laughs> now he's got into shape, and they've gone, cool. Well, your body looks great, mate. What if you were called Gunther, though? <laughs> what if we killed all that you're doing now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, we've never had, not to my knowledge, but you see more of him than me, Cedric. We've never had a wake it, Walter, have we? I don't believe so. Now, there's two contexts to this, because when Minoru Suzuki wears white, it's on. It's absolutely fantastic. Walter, previously, had he worn white, special occasions, something like that, would have been incredible, because he's already bathed in that white light when he enters, and then when it reveals that the coat is white and the tights are white, it's like, that's this is a different kind of serious. In the context of NXT, it's like, when are you going to have the paintball splatters? It would, <laughs> look, it would feel different, wouldn't it? It's like, oh, he's wackying up. It's not just that, oh, he's harder than ever, like Suzuki is in white or something like that. Like, let's get, let's get Walter White. Walter White. Walter White. Well, Gunther it's a bit too close Gunther to his uh, It's a bit too close to what they were going for originally. Oh, true, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the Creed Brothers, uh, like I say, do Creed Brothers stuff. Uh, Brutus Creed suplexed uh, Fabian Eichner, but Eichner did this regal roll and powered out of it. It looked great. Um Brutus, though, fights up, uh, hands off to Julius, who just knees him right in the ribs. Um, gets broken up, though. Bartel hits a middle rope elbow to the face. Roderick Strong comes in, but he's still suffering the effects of that yeah, kick right to the head. He does run wild, but he's just... It's not all there, basically, as we go through the break. Um, and then Creed Brothers come in. They do that thing where they slap each other in the face. Double-team powerbomb for a near fall, but in comes Gunther to break up the count. He goes up to he goes up against Strong, uh, but then Brutus Creed comes in. Gunther puts him in a sleeper. Creed escapes, um, but Gunther then blocks a lariat, overhand right, chops him down, hits him with a powerbomb. One, two, three, Imperium get the victory, Sige. Yet again, Gunther is the worst part of Imperium. <laughs> 
there wasn't much to this. I thought it was a good match. Let's face it, it was a good yeah. match, but it, there's an aura, a special dangerous feeling surrounding Volta that's just gone, completely gone. So much like it is in the wider picture, a three-and-a-half-star match just doesn't mean anything on NXT anymore. And it's specifically dismally true in the case of Gunther Walter because I've just said, he cannot, he can't, I can't hear his chops anymore. There's nowhere near enough piss and vinegar put behind them. There's not enough intensity and danger in these matches. It, do, it doesn't, like, any kind of final boss aura has just faded completely. There's one bit I want to isolate and put it over in itself because in terms of the actual craft of pro wrestling, it was a sensational little spot. But it was just so much more sensational than anything Gunther did. Fabian Eichner, like, he's going to clock Roderick Strong clean in the face as hard as he possibly can unless Strong ducks. The intent behind it is incredible. This sounds, the way I'm going to lay this out, the description sounds like, oh, it's very clean and choreographed, smooth thing. Didn't it just felt like danger upon danger, a narrow avoidance of danger, and then the actual danger. He goes to hit him so goddamn hard because there's such great professional wrestlers who know exactly what they're doing and their timing is incredible. Mm. In one swift motion, does the punch, Roderick Strong hooks the arm, lifts him up, and just smashes him over his knee with a backbreaker. Any error in the timing here, someone gets punched clean in the face, and they don't do that because they're immense professional wrestlers. I'd love to see Eichner versus Roderick Strong one-on-one. Oh, it would yeah. be unbelievable, a lot more unbelievable than this match. I won Zeitgeist Heist as well. Yes. I need to put this over. I said on the preview yesterday, if you don't listen to that, it's better than the review, realistically, so stop prioritizing <laughs> that. We play a game called Zeitgeist Heist because NXT 2.0 and its transparent bid to, to seduce the youth will drop in a topical trending reference. See, Gene? we're with it too. You seen this? You heard about this? <laughs> <laughs> to prove that they're with it. And Wade Barrett, as I said he would yesterday... Described the match breaking down here. It's like the last stake's gone at the Golden Corral. <laughs> That's a hell of a shout. He listens, you. man. He's Wilborn's best mate. Yeah. I mean, I think I hope he's bantering it up, like because he's good banter about it, isn't he? Yeah. We do you think from now on we need to because he's listening, so he listens to this too. So it's not like we're like plotting in secret behind mm. his back. We all just need to give him a line. And then he gets to pick the best one and uses that. And it's a bit of a nod to each of us. It's like, oh, it was Wilborn's week this week or whatever. Like the, like all of them, it just becomes... Oh. I think we should try and make the most obscure reference as possible. Yes. Just a weird game. Seen this? <laughs> I love it. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Boom! We'll call <laughs> it, I like him, but he said boom a lot. We'll call it lower the boom because yes. like all NXT lowers the standards. <laughs> and yeah. It's weird about it saying something. Uh, right, we go backstage uh, and there is LA Knight. Yeah! Yeah! yeah. Uh, he talks about how Grayson Waller's been ducking him and the, you know, uh, the what's it called, restraining order, etc. Uh, and he goes to walk off from this surprise interview that's been sprung on him, and in comes Harland and Joe Gacy, who says, Why? who says who says that Harland had to move on from an unfair unfair restraining order, and maybe we can help you with the same. And uh, LA Knight sort of plays along for a second before saying, why don't we all move on, move on to the arena so I can get two more restraining orders and stop your ass. And he said, that's not an insult, that's a fact of life. Yeah! Yeah! yeah. Love him. I've said this before, but I liked Stone Cold and The Rock too. And yeah. I just watched their highlights. I, he's all right, and he bless him. He's, he's trying in both senses of the word. Yes. LA Knight. <laughs> uh, I'm an LA Knight guy. Yeah. I like, he just pops me. 
I'm an LA Knight guy more than I ever was an Eli Drake guy. Yes. And I didn't imagine when he signed in like later Triple H era NXT that I would say that. Oh, God, I know. It's bizarre how he's sort of found his place. I'm going to say it now in case I forget to mention it in the match, but I love the stomps in the corner with the call and yeah, yeah, response <laughs> from the crowd. I love that last one. Like, he does the, like, the penultimate one, and then he flips the bird in the face, then he does that last one. <laughs> Amod Hall has been well and truly walked dry by the he end. Spits on his spits on his foot. <laughs> stomp, 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 spit on the foot, stomp. <laughs> right, uh, Toxic Attraction came out next with the People's Yelp. <laughs> with their titles... Uh, Gigi Dolin actually gets on the mic first to talk to uh, Indy Hartwell and Persia Parata saying, look, even the most unworthy people fall into luck sometimes, uh, but she prefers to think of it as their death sentence um, because JC says... Is, po- is that what people say? <laughs> you heard about this? Is that what people say this? Um, Sorry, Will, but I, I know it's, it's, it's really it's bad form to talk over you, but this was trash, wasn't it? This it? reminds me of, I can't remember what it, who said this once, but someone told, one of their mates turned around to them at school one day and went, not sure if you're, uh, you're aware, Sidge, but uh, everyone's not calling me Adam anymore. They're calling me Spud. He just tried to get his own nickname <laughs> over. That's what, that re- that's what it reminds me of. I'm just like, oh, yeah, everyone's saying this now. Are they? Or are you just saying that people say this? Story from when I was younger and a house party had died down. It was all that was left was just people that were crashing at the house, right? So there's like not many people around and there's like the last beer's getting drunk and it's all getting nice and quiet. And then a lad who's no longer, he's, I think I might have recently mentioned this guy, Todd, we'll call him, hypothetically, that was his real name, um, just ripped one of the most monstrous IRL farts I've ever heard in real life. <laughs> Incredible. Like, the stuff that sticks with you, the noise, the execution, the timing, his stance. Like, you weren't going to care if it stunk. I don't even think it did, because the the, the noise was yeah. so, like, impressive, right? And it was, like, to a closed door where there were other people on the other side that were, like, doing a, come on, keep it down, trying to get to sleep. And we were the last <laughs> ones up having beers. Like, now I'm older, I can't decide which side of the door I'd rather be on because I was having a more fun time in the room, but they were just trying to get some kip. So he's, he's done that in response to that, right? What a moment. And then he goes, bring it on, punks. <laughs> <laughs> all of us turned on him he was pretty much pushing it like I, like that stuck with me for all these years that he's like well you killed that that was the greatest moment of your life and you so like, bring it on punks like I'm gonna I, I'm seeing an old mate at the weekend I'm gonna bring this up I'm gonna like direct him to this podcast and say look it's out there now the story's there this fart was like hall of fame worthy bring it on punks <laughs> I, I don't know how he did it it was incredible Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so. <laughs> I feel like I hate this guy. Yeah, is, yeah, you would. So anyway, Jason <laughs> Jane announces they're putting their tag team titles on the line at Vengeance Day. Mandy Rose starts to talk, but out comes Kaylee Ray. Um, she says it's time for Mandy to give her the title match that she wants. Mandy Rose says no. And uh, Kaylee says, oh, I thought that would be your answer. She's brought the bat with her. Um, Mandy says, look, put the bat down. Floyd. Put the bat down. <laughs> <laughs> Pull the bat down, and uh, and you know the, the the rest of us will leave. So she does, and out go JC Jane and Gigi Dolin. Uh, Kaylee Ray comes in. She says she's the longest reigning champion of the modern era. If anyone deserves a title shot, it's her. Um, Mandy says, "I don't care about that." She talks about her accomplishments, ad campaigns, magazine covers, being the bikini world champion, seven magazines. <laughs> <laughs> Like, me and Hamford both know that John Cena's been on about 500. <laughs> <laughs> Cena, Orton, Cena, Orton. you got to go with the stars. I know, but I'm embarrassed in Smith's fin. <laughs> <laughs> she says she's the epitome of what every woman aspires to be and what every man wants to be with. Uh, Kaylee Ray 
says, well, that doesn't compare to in-ring skill. I was the champion for 647 days. I dominated an entire continent whilst you were falling on your ass on the WrestleMania <laughs> ramp and sucking Otis's face off. That oh, did, did get a huge bap from me. Yeah. Um, but Mandy says she's the hottest thing in WWE. She's what they need as a champion. Uh, to be completely transparent in the nicest way possible, all the talent in the world will never replace this. <laughs> Uh, and Kaylee Ray says, I don't care about that. I'm getting a title match by the end of the night. Rose laughs at her. Kaylee Ray slaps her in the face and then toxic attraction running to make the save for Mandy Rose. Not a fan of this amphlet. No, I mean, it was risible content before Kaylee Ray hit the ring. Just more like toxic attraction nonsense. I, I don't, I don't want to blame the performers entirely, but they never elevate the bad material. Never. Like, they never, ever elevate the bad material. So if you, if they had like um, that, certain charisma that certain wrestlers have where you know that this is heavy-handed WWE scripting, but they're kind of like trudging through the sludge as Cameron Grimes might do or someone mm. like that. They, they can't, and that's annoying, and it's frustrating. So you, you just you really turn off by the characters. It feels like, yeah, if it wasn't scripted, it feels like they'd been told, like the elevator pitch of like, this is this group of people, like, like Mandy Rose literally said, is the sort of people that women want to be and men want to be with. But women might want to be with her. And they said, yeah. but they said... It was just like the, the, the white straight writers who write this stuff never even consider no, it. No, exactly. And a vintage, vintage Pritchard McMahon joint cell phone as well, wasn't it? What are you, a wrestler? It's a wrestler. <laughs> this is world entertainment entertainment. We don't need wrestlers. <laughs> like, it's like, this is just... If, if, if ever there was any doubt, when we talk about how sometimes on NXT 2.0 there is at very least um, some stories that have consequences and something will happen three weeks ago that will actually matter in a few weeks time which is bizarre that it happens here and not on Raw and Smackdown but if there was ever any doubt that now they've definitely got the hand on the wheel it was this promo because it's one thing for her to say it it's another thing for her to brag about it like I'm the I'm the woman's champion you know what that means you got to get your tits out also it didn't seem to be mentioned quite as much as I was expecting it to be but did Kaylee Ray kidnap Toxic Attraction yeah like the segment after boot, boot the car wasn't it the segment yeah. after that they were getting in the car to leave mm. I've skipped ahead from what happened with Raquel and, and can Corey we do the Jay. whole thing can we do the show long angle we could do it all at once if you want because yeah she's uh, they're getting in this car that's waiting for them and I th for, as far as I'm aware the two the two the tag team get in and Mandy Rose can't open the door and the window comes down, and it's Kaylee Ray, and she just drives off. I initially I teleported. Thought, I initially thought she'd just stolen their car. And then I was like, oh, no, wait. She's kidnapped them. And they yeah. just went, yep, Mandy Rose is on her own now. <laughs> I was like, what? That's just drive them into a ditch. It's a show-long angle for WWE, isn't it? That's how they do it, yeah. Do you want to kid? Oh, let's do the whole thing. Like, let us talk about the, the verbiage is terrible, the delivery is terrible. Like, it's not just transparent cockbait, <laughs> like pensioner cockbait, toxic attraction. Uh, it's not just bad in like concept, like the execution, the facial expressions, the dialogue, the delivery of the dialogue. It's potentially the very worst act in all of pro wrestling, like genuinely. T it's absolutely abominable, man. And this show-long angle was bobbins. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. bobbins. Like, recap it. Well, I'm making an executive decision. We're not going to do it all at once because I want to save because we've got to stretch through a lot of bollocks here. Okay. And I'm not, I'm, I need, you know, like you say, or oh, I need a little something at the end to, to keep me going. Oh, there's one bit we need. I don't want to skip past the boys. All right. Yeah. Idris, yeah, Idris yeah, and Malik made cool, this actually. show. Yeah. So 
That's coming. Stick around. Um, we then got... Raquel Everyone's Go- coming. It's NXT 2.0. <laughs> Raquel Gonzalez versus Cora Jade. Beforehand, as I said, uh, there was a bit with Mackenzie backstage chatting to Cora Jade. Um, she said she wanted to prove to Raquel that she's tough enough and that together they can win the Dusty Classic. Uh, she might get her ass kicked, but she's going to prove that she can hand. In comes Raquel and says, you can still back out. And Cora says, no. <laughs> and then we got the match, and Raquel Gonzalez battered her, chucked her around like an empty tracksuit, in the words of Adam Nicholas. Um, Jade did make a comeback um, after Gonzalez had hit with like a spinning side effect and uh, uh, shoulder backbreaker, lots of near falls. Cora Jade fights back, comes off the top rope. Gonzalez just catches her, goes for the black hole slam, but Jade counters into a black widow. Gonzalez manages to break out of it, uh, but misses. Uh, a big move, and Jade counters, rolling up Gonzalez for a near fall, um, and then fires up, springboards into Hurricane Rana, but Gonzalez then catches Jade in midair, power bombs her, one, two, three, but Michael Hamlet, Cora Jade has earned Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez's respect. Gonzalez shakes her hand and says, let's go win this. They are a team ahead of the Dusty Cup. Yeah, it was a deadly disagreement on the finish yesterday, but it was basically a coin flip between the two WWE trolls, wasn't it? It's was either they go for the uh, fluky roll-up, celebrating on her arse on the ramp, then she's in the team, or and I went with the Undertaker respect guy, where yeah. like, he would have a match with somebody, and then after the fact, he'd be like, good job, kid. I mean, you go uh, hunting out for some boontang pie sometimes, because I respect you now as a man. I um, respect the women. <laughs> Let's go make some women cry. <laughs> I used to be dead. Soon <laughs> I'm going to be dead again, but I'm still chewing tobacco. <laughs> hey, Orlando Jordan, I respect you. Hey, John Cena, I respect you. Like, this was what that was. They love all of that. Shh. Nonsense. Rubbish. Bobbins. Um, the match was now to write home about, really. Um, Raquel Gonzalez is a strange one. So her um, woman's title run really underwhelmed. And with this being developmental, you're like, well, all right, so maybe the road wasn't straight to the main roster because they've done everything. In reality, she probably has to develop all over again and win the title again and see if it works second time around. But because she has had the title and she's got that, like, CWC or NXT on her, there's this idea that she was the, vet, the token veteran in this match, and she's not. So they not just because of the size disparity, they kind of put this together as her doing the Undertaker bit and being like, you're, you're, you're pretty good, Cora but you're not as good as me. I'm, uh, I've had a whole year in this business. You've <laughs> <laughs> had six months. And it, you cannot buy it. You cannot buy her as this, the conscience of the NXT locker room, because she's not, you know? And as a result, I think the, the respect thing just didn't really work for me, and it was just predictable that we were going to get. Again, why create the reason to be like, they're going to team together. Can people just not be mates? Corey just not like, can Raquel Gonzalez not just be like, you know what, we do have different hobbies, but we're baby faces, and I wouldn't mind winning the cup. I won it last year, and it propelled me to a title shot. There you go. Like, you impressed me at War Games. Yeah. Can you just be friends and get in that way? It's funny you said, oh, the match is nothing to write home about. Without being a complete arsehole about it, that makes a Cora Jade's best singles match ever. <laughs> like, there was not one flub, there was not one awkward bit of miscommunication that told a very simple story without outstaying its welcome quite well. Mm. Um, like, legitimately, it's a measure of her improvement. So that's why I watch the show. I really hope, rather than... What was you can't thing? call it, like, a carry job, though, can you? Because it's not a carry if you make it to, like, two stars. Yeah. <laughs> she, she really got it to the next level. Yeah, but the first level was one star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What was the thing called yesterday when you skateboard next to a... Skitchin. Skitchin. I hope they don't do that. I hope, I hope 
Just to really add, because that bike's a weird bike, isn't it's it? A strange old bike. Get it's one with a sidecar. Yes. <laughs> They're in the sidecar. 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 Right, we get a uh, recap of Python uh, smashing Donnie the Angel's hand. Um, and uh, Dunn cuts a promo. Uh, talking about how he took advice from Tony's cousin, Tulio, uh, about handling business by any means necessary. Uh, and he, <laughs> he even d- he did the hands. Like, that's too far. You'd never catch me doing the hands when I was doing a Tony D'Angelo impression. Um, <laughs> Real boy, you've not got a collar. Why are you still popping it? <laughs> hey! <laughs> I'm talking it. Um, he says... Uh, he challenges him to a steel cage match, basically. That's out of nowhere, isn't it? I mean, the thing with like this promo is that the hilarious contrast between Triple H's vision and Vince going, <laughs> Pete Dunne doesn't belong in wacky, plunder-themed feuds with mobster gimmicks because he's not a TV wrestler with any kind of TV magnetism or presence. He's a guy who will give you 25 amazing minutes at the leisure center, <laughs> or like no the one, nightclub. No one tell Vince McMahon about Peaky Blinders, or like New Japan Pro Wrestling, or New Japan Pro Wrestling. Let's face it, yeah. And like you could cut a serviceable, coherent promo in one of those like sweat drenched presses, and then you can just do this thing for twenty five minutes, and you'll have an audience. Just the idea of Triple H going right, okay. This is the future. It's like, no, it's not. It's not. Like, Pete Dunne's amazing at what he does, but he's not a TV wrestler. And to do him, to see him do non-more TV wrestling is just the oddest transition I think I've ever seen in pro wrestling. Yeah. Like, like seeing the Bushwhackers in 96. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that it's, br- it's like seeing the Patriot Aye. on Raw. Now. It's like, no, like in 97. Oh, just in 97. Oh, yeah, What's in the middle of this? a blood feud with Brett and Sean. It's like, he got like flag guy. He has a 93 <laughs> guy who failed to replace Hulk Hogan, except it's been like four years since he was <laughs> last year. Like, what? Ah, uh, you cannot imagine the, like, the, the bruise away. Like, he's training in some really grotty gym. And the, the trainer's like going back and forth with holds and like, you know, holding the gloves up so he can punch him. And it's like, what are you training for, Pete? Well, I lost the crowbar match, so I'm going to have a cage match. <laughs> it doesn't really marry up, does it, with this character? Against Tony Soprano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rubbish. And uh, like, uh, I'm sick of this feud. Oh, God. So, like, what, Dunn wins, and then what? Like, do they have to have... Is that, would that be 2-1 to Dunn, or would that, wouldn't that necessitate a decider? I can't even... Well, it's 20 times, I can't... I don't care. 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 Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Well, next we got the return of Soray, and everyone had concerns. Can clearly, you know, put those to rest now because she was only a schoolgirl backstage. You see. Nothing to worry about. He's just called Gunther, guys. He's not got a Nazi name. She was wearing the schoolgirl outfit with the glasses and the... Magic necklace. Magic necklace. She's got a magic necklace. More mysticism. And then she walks into the arena and she's just in a regular wrestling gear. And then it's the Saray we knew and loved before. She just worked a match. With a magic necklace. That for all we know, could have the keys to Boa's transformation. It could have green inside it. It's a magic <laughs> necklace. Do you watch Moana? Is that what it is? Yeah, Moana's amazing. Moana's class. Yeah. That's what he's seen with the magic necklace. What? The heart of the island is in... Yeah. yeah. Christ. Imagine watching Moana and that's your takeaway. Big colour gem! <laughs> you, know the, you know the guy... He would have watched it as well, to be fair, because his boy's in it, so... That's true, yeah. try and make another one of him. <laughs> <laughs> I, rather than the object, create the character. Yeah. Like, NXT's problems in a nutshell. Like the rocks in this film. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's the... That's it's a real quiz. <laughs> hey, actually, tell me more about that chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Just a character called Chicken Man. When I was a young chicken, clucking around the farm, laying, <laughs> laying eggs, I wanted to come to NXT 2.0 oh, and prove myself. Let's book Chicken Man next week for This Is Your Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Remind everyone, because we'll not remember. We never, we, this, literally, this podcast finishes, and I, I feel like I'm men in black myself, and just go, well, never remember that for, <laughs> yeah. forevermore. I trained in a battery farm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Saray is great when you just let the wrestlers wrestle. I uh, kicked in that much oomph on it this time around, did it? <laughs> Weighed down by a fancy necklace. Yeah, this is true. She battered Kayla Inlay, though. Uh, double stomp to the stomach. Uh, that drop kick that she does in the ropes, and then she hit a suplex uh, to get the victory. I just don't need anything else. I just she was fine as she was, wasn't she? She was. Um, you just it's the uh, it always comes up, doesn't it? On NXT especially, it's wrestling is not kind to women at the best of times. It's even less kind yep. to Asian women or not at this point non-American wrestlers. Basically, are getting the short shrift. So I don't see this ending well for Saray. They, they have. I think they've tried to walk it back. I think um, um, lost in the um, Gunter Stark conversation was some very reasoned takes on that character too. And I think actually what ha- what we saw was a bit of a. I know she was back in the gimmick later on for the face to face with Dakota Kai, but I think they've scaled that way back from whatever their original plan was. I will say no, this: I think that they match just doubled down on how problematic their portrayal of Asian performances. Not only is she schoolgirl. But she's also mystical. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'll talk about that now, actually. she's uh, She's got the necklace on. She's getting interviewed, um, talking about dedicating the win to her grandmother. And in comes Dakota Kai, who says, look, I know that necklace is important to you, but I'm crazy. Uh, you must know that no matter how important a relationship is, the sun always sets on it. A load of bollocks, all this. But Saray versus Dakota Kai could be an absolute banger next week. Yeah, and another promotion. <laughs> 
What a stupid line. What an absolutely stupid line. Let's get the word playing. Yeah. Uh, speaking of transformations, whoa, what a change Duke Bloody Hudson's <laughs> gone through. <laughs> <laughs> He uh, talked about attacking Dante Chen, uh, <laughs> and he said uh, he's, he's uh, only addicted to pain and making people suffer now. Uh, Chen, was the first, Chen was the first hit. They're all addicted to pain or sex. There's no <laughs> middle ground. It's one or the other. It's a whatever, flow chart, <laughs> it's like it's Do you like pain or do you like sex? It's like two customs like things at an sex? airport. You go through the pain one and it go, the alarm goes off. Nope, the other sex one. You go through the other one. <laughs> Pick one or the other. Uh, Dexter Lewis can go through both. Yep. The other one. <laughs> He's giant cack. Uh, his cock goes through one, he goes through the other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's, he's done playing games. He makes his own look now. And he's got a slightly shorter haircut. <laughs> I mean, it's absolute drivel. It is, it's one of those things where this is such drivel that I just, I get amused by the very notion of someone like watching this earnestly or reviewing it earnestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I'm, I just like kicking ass now. <laughs> Good, well, you're a combat athlete. You probably should have thought of that before you started playing poker. At your job as a wrestler. All my life I've been playing poker. No one a hand. <laughs> Realised <laughs> it was time for change. They went back to the poker room and they were like, sorry, mate, we don't, we don't have new players. And he's like, it's me. And they're like, you? <laughs> oh, my God. You've changed so much. The haircutting bit was so funny. You cannot do that when you just go, oh, all my life I've been there, grade four. I'm going to grade three. <laughs> like, and no, nobody's going to stop me. It's like me coming in and going, I'm not sure if you've noticed, lads, I've had a shave. <laughs> I've facial hair anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, right, next up. Now. <laughs> <laughs> next up, we've got Bran Breaker. He's in the locker room when, guess who turned up, Sage? Old man Champa. <laughs> keep off his lawn. Yeah, don't go to the change room. Old man Champa's in there. <laughs> <laughs> Old man Champa at the fucking gym would be one of the ones that just walks around with his knob out, wouldn't he? Yeah. Oh, I hate those guys. He dries come his out balls the with a hairdryer. They'd come out the shower, not like I would, in ab- like shrouded in absolute shame with my towel, not just around my waist, but like a lady, around my boobs <laughs> to cover the like my upper body that I'm ashamed of, my upper body I'm ashamed of, and my penis. No, those guys come out drying their neck. Yeah. They're just like flossing, flossing the neck. Uh, I just had a shower. Yes, there's your dick and balls. <laughs> We've all got them in this changing room. I don't need to see them. I'm going to stare at my locker and get my clothes on as quick as I can <laughs> and try not to feel the tears forming behind the back of my eyes. Like a normal person. Oh, Be normal. God. But my legs are wet and now my pants have got wet because I've had to drag them past them. <laughs> <laughs> quick, 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 quick. Trousers on the floor. Run <laughs> around old man Champa's puddle. It's a oh. nice old man Champa's thrown chairs around again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he hasn't been the same since DIY. <laughs> Why does old man Champro always do his sit-ups in the changing rooms? <laughs> in the nude. Uh, <laughs> so, the same since DIY. <laughs> Ever since little Johnny left. <laughs> don't, t- don't talk to him about little Johnny. Uh, oh, uh, nobody ever asked me about little Johnny. <laughs> Maybe I wanted to answer questions, but nobody ever asked. <laughs> <laughs> what did old man Champa say? <laughs> uh, mountaintops are lonely places. You don't understand until you're there. I don't know why he's like uh, old prospector now. Uh, old man Champa, molasses just flow out of your mouth. And he said, uh, Breaker, respect that and thanked him for the help for tonight. Champa says, hey, uh, I want to make sure you're 
to stay NXT champion, which was slightly ominous, but Breaker didn't pick up on it whatsoever. Yeah. Everything he says is ominous. He could tell his uh, missus that he loves her, and it would be like, oh, are you going to kill her? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he was basically trying to put across the idea of... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, old Marchamper. <laughs> I think he's trying to put across the idea of how you don't want to take Legado del Fantasma on by itself. You don't want to go around that rod. <laughs> 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 I take care of that title because uh, I ain't got fucking anything to do with it. <laughs> so I might as well try and win it back. <laughs> uh, what happened next? Sometimes oh, dead is better. <laughs> you'll, like, you'll like this, Siege. Let me tell you about my time I dug for Goldie. <laughs> there was a rush on for Goldie. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I have a shovel. <laughs> Right, you will actually like this next bit, Sage, because it was the good bit of the show. Carmelo Hayes came out, flanked by Trick Williams, of course, uh, to cut a promo. They just, like you, you tweeted this, but I'm sure the Cedric Mega fans will forgive you. They just surpass everything, don't they? They rise above everything. Well, they do, because I isolated some verbiage from this promo, and it was absolutely a bobbins. It was so bad. There were tr- like, <laughs> WWE writer is essentially a hack who knows how to just about spin some kind of wordplay out of Summit, mm. a marketing catchphrase or a gimmick. <laughs> Gives 50 words on the sun. Yes. And it's like, right, well, we're giving that uh, to Dakota Kai this week. Right, oh, what a so fine. Even if it makes so little sense that it actually makes, like, it actually underscores how stupid a nickname or something is, this, like, kind of impresses, like, Bruce and Vince... Oh, sounds like a TV program to me. <laughs> they know how to tell stories. They know how to tell stories with their fans at all. Because <laughs> when uh, the cat's back and he's tired of the unspeared ear, they're playing on a kitty litter. That was the kind of thing. Oh, that's impressive, that. I'll write that one yeah. down. You threw me down the stairs, but you forgot I always land on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> you did it eight times, you forgot how many lives I had. So in this, so basically, it's Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes being awesome, saying rubbish things if you read them on the paper, but they're just awesome. They're the best. Cameron Grimes comes out to interrupt, mm-hmm. and then the dude, like, Cameron Grimes, he likes to say that. He's going, to the moon. What can we say? Right, okay. Got it, got it. Yeah, I'll go on to the moon, and on the way, I'm going to make the casualty of the stars. What? <laughs> <laughs> the mental image conjured of like Carmelo Hayes zipping about out of space, just like <laughs> doing things to stars. Yeah. What? Is he talking about how he's going to beat a lot of wrestlers who are considered stars on the way? Or yes, that? I think so. What was this? But it's Carmelo but then, but then they like they did the literal stuff with the Cameron Grimes got involved in it, like the one star match stuff, and it's like, yeah. what the f- are we talking about? Space <laughs> or wrestling? I don't even know SpongeBob, anymore. There was a SpongeBob. There was, yeah. So I, this was all rubbish on the page, but I still think Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams are the coolest guys. Eight, eight adjectives later. Yeah. <laughs> Trick Williams is the only person who can genuinely sell getting angry at being called Squidward. He's yeah. like, oh, well, if you're because you've got a pineapple haircut and you look like you're SpongeBob, blah, blah, blah. What does that make you? Squidward? And he's like, you, what? It was, it's brilliant, Trick Williams. They're both brilliant. They're all brilliant. It's going, Cameron Graham. Cameron Graham. Yeah. Uh, I think we've kind of summed this whole thing up. We've, I, I've not gone through it verbatim, it's, but it's yeah. weird, isn't it? That like in Trick and Carmelo and Bron Breaker, there was this big bang, and all these characters were spat out in the aftermath on NXT 2.0 episode one, 
And like out the box, these were exactly as they are now, exactly right, and constantly improving because you only know more about them and they know more about themselves. But I, that's like two out of about 100. Like the batting average on NXT 2.0 is terrible. And yet because Braun is working and like Hayes and Williams are great, they're going to thinking, we're nailing this. Mm. Yeah, this is exactly how you do it. And it's like, no, like three are good. Absolutely everything is a mess, but three are good. It's an inverse dynamite. Guess what? They're all short as well. We've got need chance. They're all going to fail. Yeah, like it's an inverse dynamite. These are the Matt Hardy bits of 2.0. Yeah. That's, that's what's going that's on great, here. That's great, yeah. Well, they're not just three. There's, there's five, because guess who came next? Oh, boys, Idris and Ofe. Yes. And Malik. Same yes. again, like out of the box. Like they did this promo last week where nobody else gets over just constantly having sex on NXT 2.0. And then these two do. So it's like, we've done it again. Right, everybody starts spunking everywhere because it works for everybody. <laughs> so yeah, they're in the locker room and they're talking about spunking. the fact they've, they've, they've got the uh, semi-final. Bring of it the, on, spunks! <laughs> <laughs> they've got the they've got the uh, Dusty Cup match next week, but they haven't got, they haven't got a tag team name. They're just Malik Blade and Idris Anofe. And he goes, "What about Idris and Malik?" And Malik does the whole, "Yeah, I like that, Malik and Idris." Uh, and he says, "Well, what are we? What, what can we use to describe us?" Uh, we're bold, we're brave, and we're, and Malik jumps in, confident. So why don't we become Team BB? Whoa! Careful. Careful. Um, <laughs> he says, why not, why not, why don't we, uh, why don't we ask Mandy Rose for some help? And Malik plays, oh, not too sure. And he says, well, look, look, why don't you just shut your eyes, pretend she's here, what would you say to her? And he shuts his eyes and he starts to say, yeah. Hi, hi, Mandy. I'm Malik. And Mandy Rose, because she's running away from Kaylee Ray, barges in and falls into his lap. And Malik Blades, without missing a beat, just looks up and goes, thank you, like that. And my favourite bit is when she goes, she's trying to get away from this insane Kaylee Ray, and she's like, you've got to help me. And Malik immediately goes, I'll do anything. <laughs> Brilliant. So Kaylee Ray comes in. There's a brawl. Ah, uh, uh, like... I can't get over this. Malik Blade is there watching this. Idris Nove is shouting, right? Kaylee Ray and Mandy Rose are brawling. I'm like, yeah, cool, don't care. Turn around. I want to see what's going on with Idris Nove because, yep, he's bobbing his tits with every word that he says. He, he was motorboating himself. Yeah, like, it was absolutely incredible. The movement of these things. Unbelievable. Like, that is it. Wrestling is weird, and that is a skill within it. I will fight for that. Yes. Like, the... So they, they, uh, uh, they, Kaylee Ray and, and Mandy brawl out of the room, and he's just like, we got, we got to follow it. And Malik, uh, has got uh, Mandy Rose's <laughs> coat over his, over his lap, and he says, I need a minute. And he's like, No, come on, we got to go and follow. And he's like, I need a minute. What's he, what's he referencing here? So he got an erection in his cack. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's like a no blading rule in WWE, but shoot blood is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it all rushed down there. Great, this. Piss funny. Again, uh, just said it earlier on the podcast, yeah, the difference in these segments and in this material is about the ability of the performers to elevate it. Like I thought Mandy Rose, and this was probably the strongest Mandy Rose Kaylee Ray segment for them as well as for mm-hmm. Idris and Malik Blade, but I like these feel great. I do. It's an NXT thing now. I'm starting to worry about how long the acts I love can really last because like they're, they're shaggers now, but so are Briggs and Brogs. Oh, for f- so something's got to no, give. No, they're not. They're quite clearly They're the not opposite of it. But like something's got to give there, and at some point or another, it's all going to overlap, or you're all going to feel bored, or whatever. But right now, Idris Nofi's like Idris Nofi and Wendy Chu remain like two oh. of my favorite acts in, in like in all of wrestling. 
and they just can't, there's no way they keep that momentum. There is absolutely no way they don't kill this within like six weeks. This sort of segment underscores just how much, how much Vince McMahon further ruins just rubbish, rubbish products, ru- rubbish content. Can you remember like the summer of last year, you were really taken, this is like the curve we talk about, you were really taken by a SmackDown segment that built, um, the compounded the misery of Happy Corbin or like the loser version of Corbin. Yeah. And it actually built on a so long thing so they great, were doing yeah, yeah. where they were trying to work out how to do the tank and they were having issues with the tank and he didn't know why they were having issues with the tank and he realised they are having issues with the tank because when they finally work it, the guy who's just about his lowest ebb get hit in the balls with the thing that comes out of the tank. Owens wanting to give him $20 on the proviso that he just stopped being such a dickhead. Yes. The whole thing was like really nicely done. NXT 2.0, despite being a rubbish show, kind of does things like this every week mm. in terms of linking storylines, overlapping things. Everything individually is rubbish, but the kind of there are enough writers in there who've got a enough grasp of the craft to put these things together. To hire them in WWE because they're literally in NXT, Vince McMahon might just be rub- like rubbishing away the most basic storyline ideas and then just, just unraveling everything. That's given 10 minutes and then a DQ. Mm. It's uh, Oddly, because of the rules of the universe, if there are still any that are adhered to in WWE, that, what, that segment that we've just discussed as a backstage thing in NXT 2.0 makes more sense than an interview interruption in AEW. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. One thing, you completely understand how that goes on in the corridors of the NXT 2-point dome versus backstage on a dynamite when that's supposed to be a sport. Yeah. One does work more mm. than the other. Uh, I felt like I'd, been, I'd had an affair next because we go immediately from Malik, Malik and Idris. <laughs> no, we go to the grizzled young veterans and it's like, oh, I've gone off them now, have you? Because I'm like going, oh, we've got to get Malik and Idris. You're, sex, you're sexing your ex. Yeah. <laughs> They come in and they, they they had an argument with with. They're uh, coming. They, oh, everybody's coming. <laughs> they they are coming. Remember when Imperium were coming over Mandy Rose as well? That just got dropped. <laughs> they and uh, then we started coming over Imperium. Yeah, <laughs> they argue with with Diamond Mine basically, and they say that Bivens is making their job to beat the Creed Brothers next week easier because they keep picking fights and Bivens calls them nerds. Nothing really to report on here. Uh, let's move on instead to L A Night. We'll see you next Tuesday thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Next Tuesday, little yeah. Bit, little, James little Drake. Bab, little Bab. Little well, what, Bab. What's what? I don't get that. Because it's... Uh, uh, Very good. <laughs> it's a bit of fun. It's a bit of fun for the boys. <laughs> LA Knight, Joe Gacy. Um, Knight dominates early on. Stomps in the corner. Yeah. 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 Uh, Hits a jumping neck breaker, hits his his power slam, uh, hits his leaping elbow elbow drop, goes for the stunner, uh, but Gacy knocks him to the outside. Uh, In the midst of all this, Horland distracts the referee. In comes Sanga, I believe is his name. Mm -hmm. Uh, Grayson Bloody Waller's uh, bodyguard. He distracts LA Knight, and uh, Waller hits this uh, sort of rolling stunner thing that he does. Um, Knight just gets back into the ring to break the 10 count. And Joe Gacy just hits that mint handspring clothesline thing that he does and gets the victory post-match. In comes Warlow to yell at LA Knight. Um, Sanger grabs him as he lunges for him. Choke slams um, LA Knight. And uh, Warlow says that if if Knight can beat Sanger next week, maybe the restraining order will be gone. Uh, don't know, because I thought the match was all right. Joe Gacy is good at about four things and neither of them all here. 
So you get your you get your it's like when you sign when your football team signs a player that you've never heard of and you search the name on YouTube and conveniently it's not just a case of them like misplacing passes yeah. or getting yellow cards or whatever. It's everything is awesome that they've ever done. That's how Tools they tr- skills. That's yeah. <laughs> that's how they try and agent the proper Joe Gacy matches on NXT. He's t- you know we talked about how Vince likes him. He's doing a face a lot now. I yeah, I that. hate his face. It's, and I, I don't like that at all, but that's not for us, is it? That's, nope. As you say, that's for Vince while he does the moves that are uh, theoretically for us, but like other than us, who's even watching? Yeah. So like, uh, um, so I didn't like, I didn't hate this. I don't particularly mind. Gone are the days, long gone are the days where I'll be particularly critical of, like, this is a finish, but it's a cheap one. You know, you've got run-ins and overlapping characters. And so it's like gone are the days where I'll be asked about that because none of this show matters enough for you to fight for a particular storyline. This was troubling in a sense that virtually everybody on screen is part of this new class of wrestlers that you should be really behind. And I felt nothing, felt deep in my heart, nothing for any of them. Oh, nothing for this. I don't care about any of it. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's I like, yeah. But I, uh, LA Knight, you're not going to fight for his push online, are you? Yeah. That's the thing. Like, we can all, like, enjoy mimicking him. He enjoys mimicking people. But you're not gonna, he's not a, a wrestler you're going to particularly want to fight for. Uh, one who we are is Van Wagner. You know why? Because he's got hard. Uh, <laughs> and Robert Stone is, is taking care of him now. He's he also got he, a jacket. <laughs> you know, <laughs> can't else, quite put on. You know, else had a jacket. The Fonz. Sunday, Monday, come Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, come Tuesday. Von Wagner would be the guy that hit the jukebox and turned it off. <laughs> I don't like this music. <laughs> He'd take the condom machine. <laughs> Stop playing music. Anyway, uh, Robert Stone is... Ripped for her pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> he's been doing the entertainment stuff for too long, but he's watched Von Wagner destroy people, so that's why he paid his fines, and he's going to continue to do so because he's the future. This is Von Wagner's world, and we're just living in it, in the words of the man himself. Yep, very good. That is a really um, cheeky way of saying I've been a complete loser my entire career. I've been doing this entertainment stuff too long. I've always sucked. And when I was sick in the ring. <laughs> right. Wasn't that, wasn't that Pritchard's first NXT? Like, what was it? That was like the story came out like Pritchard has been taking them into NXT lately. Yes. The, the picture associated was somebody vomiting yeah. in the ring. Start of showtime. Wendy Chu's in action. She yes. faced uh, Amari Miller. Beforehand, though, uh, we saw Amari Miller getting ready uh, when who should uh, sneak up to her, but Tiffany Stratton. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she encourages Miller to take out chill. Uh, and if she did, she'd take her shopping afterwards. Um, but this is Wendy Chu. She's made a sterner stuff. Uh, Oliver. I think she's fantastic. And I love the fact that it isn't just, you know, we talked about it before when she was in that tag match where she did the Matrix and dodged a clothesline. You're yeah. like, okay, right. But how do you, like, balance the gimmick with the moves? Like... Sometimes people go like, oh, this is my gimmick, and then they get in and they've just got, you know, create a wrestler moveset sort of thing. I play poker. How's that going to help you in wrestling? <laughs> I play poker. <laughs> <laughs> so Wendy does include this. She dodges a clothesline, then tries to have a nap. <laughs> like, dogs underneath him, it's like bedtime, I think. Tries to have a nap. Amari Miller goes after her, and she is presumably all of your children when you try and get them up for school, just piss off, just like <laughs> kicking her away. Then she does like a, a takedown. She goes for, for Amari Miller's leg, takes it down, then tries to fall asleep on top of it, tries to use her leg as a pillow. Um, and then when Amari's like, get off, she's like, right, if I've got to put you away so I can hurry up and get back to sleep, basically. 
hits her with a drop kick, a bloody super kick off the ropes, elbow drop. Well, not just an elbow drop. It's I don't know how to describe this in an audio form, but it's the the it's basically when Punk used to signify the go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Keep that position and just drop your elbow on someone. Uh, she got a two count for that. Amari Miller did fight back, but Chu just went, oh, I want to go to bed. So she just struck her way out, clothesline Miller, um, released German suplex, handstand splash, suplex. Of course, she puts Amari Miller in a bloody sleeper. That just writes itself, doesn't it? Um, but Miller snapmares out of it. Here's a code breaker. She gets a near fall. Dan comes to heaven and to the ring uh, and tries to slide in a credit card for Amari Miller. What's that going to do? What, what is that going to do? That would be useful. Um, and that allows Chu to roll her up. She kicks out at two and then she just elbows her in the jaw. One, two, three. Wendy Chu gets the win uh, and... Heads off to go back to bed, one would assume. In comes Tiffany Stratton to yell at Amari Miller. She says, we had a deal. Uh, go my card back. <laughs> Amari Miller's like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know where it is. I've, I've got it. And she's like, where <laughs> And there's Wendy Chu. She's got the card. She lo- legs off with it. And that's, I mean, that's preview fodder next week, isn't it? What's Wendy Chu going to have bought with the credit card? Yeah, pajamas. A massive bed. An enormous bed. Yeah. Like, I want an entire room of Chew next week. Like, she's, got, she's just decked out an entire place. I don't like this. Oh. I thought the Matrix spot was like, right, okay, that's cool. I like that other people like it genuinely. Is it because it's better than Orange Cassidy? Oh, I legitimately, legitimately need a piss. Is, um... <laughs> what is... There are vignettes that I'm going to miss. You can talk about Wendy Chu for two minutes. I, I just need a piss. It's, I don't think it's particularly amusing. I do like the fact that she's clearly relishing it. I like how you can feel a good time has been had trying to flesh out this character, and you can tell people are having fun pitching certain yeah. spots. Mm. I don't, it's not for me, but I can see why people like it. We've been doing this podcast about four years now. Mm. So especially I when... Mean, jazz singer, don't... <laughs> okay, you got Especially time. when there's um, NXT in the title, people will know that my standards are low, or certainly lower, and I've got a lot of patience for this, which is certainly why I like it. Thing is, by acknowledging that, I'm also self-aware enough to know that this probably can't last. They're going to run out of ideas. I love that they're still having them. They must have seen the response to the Matrix yawn spot, and I'd like to think this is on her as much as... It. I don't want to just credit a bunch of writers for coming up with spots for her. I want to think of her... Having the, what do we talk about when we talk about AEW? The freedom of expression, mm. the artistic endeavor and the artistic expression to come up with things that make sense with your character. Duke Hudson cannot apply his quote unquote success in the poker world to a wrestling match, short of paper cutting somebody in the eyes, right? He can't, do, he can't say, well, I'm actually uh, really sh- bluffing, would have been the, the closest yes. he could. He could have tried to bluff and he's like, oh, I'm really hurt. No, I'm not because I'm a good bluffer. Got that from poker. He never even did that. No. But like that could have been a way that he could use his character. But other than that, you can't throw cards in a wrestler's face and it make any difference. No. As we saw here, it didn't work Indeed. as a weapon. Stupid weapon. But Wendy Chu wanting to be asleep and being tired or being too tired for this is both a cool and, well, not cool, a funny and daft character choice, but in the Orange Cassidy comparison is psychologically sound because she continues to lull Sleep lexicon. Lull her opponent into a false sense of security, and then that's how she ends up winning the match. 
this is the Orange Cassidy psychology that, thanks to Cassidy, has become commonplace on mm -hmm. mainstream North American television. So had she come around before Cassidy, it might have been a harder sell to her what remains of NXT's audience. Mm -hmm. I think they will understand this for what it is. Yeah. The the two worries I have with the Wendy Chu character, and I saw it more in the celebration of the, the win at the end with the card, is that WWE will supplant itself on her. She wasn't sat on her ass celebrating a roll-up, but this was a close approximation mm. of that. And I don't have the faith in the team and Wendy Chu, with Wendy Chu involved to continue to come up with spots. At the moment, every new sleeping spot is a novelty. I don't know how many of them they've got. Oh, you said he's got a limited shelf life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, if anything, that's why I'm enjoying it as much as I am. Because I feel like I'm on holiday, and in a few weeks, Wendy Chu's going to be dead. And that's that's the churn. Like, lost to the churn. I really enjoyed this. Uh, Persia brought us backstage, looking at her phone, looking at Instagram. Who's she looking at? When in comes uh, Indy Hartwell, Dexter Loomis. Uh, Persia, oh, D Persia was looking at Duke Hudson's Instagram, apparently. Wet for him. Mm -hmm. uh, Ever since he got that haircut. Yeah. Indy says, well, watch out for him, he's trouble. Um, and Dexter gives him a thumbs Can down. Can you see his face underneath the fringe that he's talking <laughs> <laughs> uh, And anyway, in, Bangs. Com <laughs> in comes Boris Johnson uh, to ask for some <laughs> relationship. That's what he's called, isn't he? That's on that tag team. Johnson Boris, his partner. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, ask for relationship advice, and uh, Indy says, shut up. Uh, Nonverbal communication is sexy, and uh, I think consent is sexy. <laughs> Dexter, Dexter looks at her, and uh, she goes, "Oh, I can read what you're saying." Let's go to the hot tub. And Boris Johnson can't believe that there's a there's a hot tub. Look, he tries it on Persia Prata, and uh, she walks off saying, "I'm into someone else." And he goes, "Oh, I am too. It's her name's Caden Carter." But uh, 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 uh. Brinks Jackson is an awful actor. He's an absolutely awful actor, and he's been given storyline that requires a modicum of ability like a romantic will they won't they like you desperate for these to work i hope they don't <laughs> for the for any of these to work ever you need to feel like i've said this phrase already on this podcast but you need to feel like you're fighting for somebody like you're i use brian's words you're fighting for their dreams and you like you want to see him get with the girl and all that sort of stuff back in the 90s it was still okay to be an incel so we were all fighting for ross <laughs> you know <laughs> Uh, glad that's glad that's all gone now. Glad that like media has figured that one out. Not in the world of NXT 2.0. This guy's a fucking loser. But you're supposed to want. It's so weird when like the, the the chaser gets like a bird. Yeah. Like, when Ross got a bird, yeah. and like when Jim gets a bird, it's ah, like, oh, I picture you just wanking yourself daft. <laughs> tears every night. So it's always a nicer element to the belong. Wanking yourself daft. That's where they belong <laughs> yeah. on, uh, on come Tuesdays on NXT. Come Tuesdays. He is nowhere near good enough for this storyline, which is nowhere near good enough for air. Oh, this is absolutely dreadful amateur, like the worst possible casting of something that has got no to do with professional wrestling at all. This is like staggeringly bad stuff. I'm only just thinking about it out and in out, isn't it? Either now or summit. Yeah, like it's even stupider when you're thinking about it. I understand why they've done it, but when you th really think about it, even stupider that you put them on screen with the last two people to get it over. Yeah, people are into index, really into index. And Mom, can we have Index? We've got Index at home. Seeing them next to each other like that, disastrous comparison. Yeah, but if he did get the girl, you know what he would be? Chuffed a little mint balls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right now it's time for the Nikita Lyons vignette. <laughs> She's the daughter of a bassist and a groupie. 
That's what she said. Her words, not mine. I'm just asking questions here. Um, she talks about how all her experiences have led to now. She dropped some sick rhymes, uh, and she says she's part of the NXT women's division now, and she, if she attacks the ring like she attacks the track, the women better watch out for her roar. That's just the new generation, worst of. I do the best bits as well. <laughs> Be the market leader in North American pro wrestling as well. What the fucking kid in the rumble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What an awful, awful scene to invoke. A bassist and a groupie. Of everything that we have learned about the reality of that ugly, ugly world. And they think, perfect. <laughs> yeah. But like, if this character was actually a character and they'd like done some research around it or they'd spoke to experts in the field, this poor person would be like trauma-laden. Her character would be that she goes to therapy all the time to deal with the awful things that were at the root of her parents' relationship, the disgusting power dynamic. Tell me something, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Could she not just simply be a professional wrestler? Imagine that. With an attribute that you might exaggerate to sell us theatre, to market. My God. So she's a jazz singer and a... So it's about the move she doesn't do. Is that, is that what it's going to be? So she's watched Moana. Like yeah. They've watched Moana and Soul, and they've missed the point of both for the benefit of this. I mean, Star, Star was born. How are they going to bury Encanto next week? The one thing that struck me about Can this. I save that for the Zeitgeist Heist. They're going to have a character called Bruno, but nobody's allowed <laughs> to mention him. They. No, it's too current. <laughs> got to think about these things. How long was the Star is born out? Like two, two three there years. There we go. There. I'm a jazz singer or a rapper. Bit of both, maybe. Who knows? But, like, you know the cringe of uh, Jessie J when she does her things? Yeah, the noises. <laughs> Did you ever interview Jessie J in your radio? She feels like she's I, think, I think I genuinely said I don't want to interview her. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, I'm not interviewing her. She does funny voices. <laughs> so she's got this energy where it's like she's going to keep the same energy. And it's like... She did like an advert. She's like, mm, dairy milk or whatever. <laughs> So what's it called Nikita? Nikita Lyons. Call Nikita off. Lyons. Anyway, so she's very cringe. Uh, I've noticed something uh, during this vignette. Matter of fact, I noticed too. <laughs> they are so obsessed now. <laughs> <laughs> they are so obsessed. <laughs> they are so obsessed with tits. Oh man, Kevin Dunn gives me the creeps. <laughs> <laughs> they are so obsessed with tits on this show. Like... Oh, the best wrestler I've ever, God, ever seen in my life, but those are B-cups. So, unfortunately for you, uh, you don't get the spot. You don't get the spot. They are so obsessed with tits and bikini, gratuitous bikini shots of Mandy Rose and tits, and all the guys are coming over at tits. <laughs> it's just so tit-based. <laughs> NXT 2.0. NXT. NXT. <laughs> NXT titties. They, I'm not joking, shot... The tits of Nikita Lyons from the old Andre angle. (laughs) What I mean by that is like the lowest possible shot. So Andre the Giant didn't really look like he was seven and a half foot, whatever they build him as. He looked like a skyscraper. He looked like it hurt your neck to look at him because the angle was such. He was having a duck under the roof of the building. Yes. That's how tall he looked, didn't he? Her tits were like shot like this. It's so gratuitous. It is so not on. It's, it's just like, right, okay, well. Is that what it is? It's not paint splatter. It's just multicolored jizz. What's multicolored jizz? I don't know. It's the stuff that splattered all over the NXT 2.0 logo. <laughs> also, you, whilst you're on top, in case I forget. To, what, have you got a problem down there? No, in case it's, I forget. It's come from the fiend. 
<laughs> so, Firefly <laughs> Comhouse. I, I forgot to mention. <laughs> I forgot to mention earlier. There was a vignette before the match. I was going to mention it during the match, but there's a vignette for Draco Anthony, who we'd seen in a cafe or some a few weeks back. And the big thing for him was he works out in the gym. Shouldn't everyone? What was that about? Like, what was the sell on on Draco here when he was like, "Yeah, I put in the work." I was like, <laughs> "Everyone should." Well, you should, you should probably get up at one instead of two because uh, <laughs> didn't really do much for you here, did it? Yeah, let's talk about it actually because then then we got the the Saray Dakota Kai stuff that we already mentioned. Then we got a brilliant Andre Chase versus Draco Anthony, and I thought, oh, here he comes, Andre Chase to do his bit of patter and then get beaten, obviously because that's what he does every single week. Nope, he beat him, beat Draco Anthony his debut. Um, uh, he uh, he did get some spots early in Andre Chase and yells in his face, "It's a teachable moment," uh, and he does the. Spelling out Chase U and the crowd pop for that. Uh, and uh, Draco Anthony grabs the flag from Bodie Hayward, who was waving it at ringside, and, and stomps on it. And that, it's a red rag to a bull, that is. Ch- Andre Chase fires up, hammerlock flatliner, one, two, three, gets a victory, and then shouts down the camera lanes that, that next week, Van Wagner is going to get a Chase University size ass whooping. What was all this about, Sid? I've got no, I've got no earthly idea what the hell I watched here. Is Draco Anthony, is it? Yeah. Is he a dickhead for disrespecting the great name of Chase University? He is in my eyes. Did Andre Chase have a coming because he's a heel? Did Oh, his alignment is all over the I've place. I've got no idea what he is. I've got no idea this guy was trying to give him his comeuppance. And if he did, he's a geek. If he didn't, the sheer dissonance between this hard-working guy and some arsehole who'll... Do heat stuff. What is it? I've figured it out. I've figured it out. What does Bruce Pritchard want to do next when Come. it comes to... <laughs> well, and Kevin Dunn, when it comes to ruining the life of Triple H, what next? Nick Khan, all these wrestlers, loads of Triple H's, boys, girls, all getting fired on the spreadsheet. What can, what can we get Nick Khan to do with Triple H next? Well, that'd be really funny. Let's get him to close down the performance centre. So we'll film a vignette of a guy saying, I spend every night and day here in the performance centre. It's the greatest facility in the goddamn world. And then he loses to the show's jobber. It's like, <laughs> your gym sucks. Like, it's wired to a telly that Vincent Mann has never switched on. He lost the remote down the sofa. Yeah. Week one, he's never turned that TV on, ever. And it's uh, costing us this many million a month to run, to heat, to power. And then, like, all of a sudden, the costs appear and it can't spreadsheet. Boop, boop. He gets one of them little emails coming <laughs> in his... Uh, Close down performance under question mark. It looks like you're trying to make more budget cuts. <laughs> Clippy. Triple H just watching. Triple Trippy. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you're trying to ruin my legacy. It's a little animated gif of Triple H's face. Just opens up. Would you would you like to destroy my history? <laughs> uh right, Mandy's still legging it from Kaylee Ray backstage. Um she goes into catering, uh, and Kaylee Ray pops up from behind the desk, table, whatever it is, counter, uh, and dump some spaghetti on Mandy Rose's head. And then uh, they go to do the... There's a cake there for some reason. They go to shove that in Mandy's face. It doesn't really go to black. No, I should have sold the cake. i got a um, take on this. The, I was looking for this on YouTube to watch again before we reviewed, and I couldn't find it. And you know what that is, don't you? Because she bodged the spaghetti, she bodged the cake, and they've lost their gunge clicks. Yeah. This existed for gunge clicks. We've seen them all before, and the the rest of the delivery. No, like she wasn't covered in the mu- in the muck. She's so like a Bret Hart chair shot. Why did she Except pour her a- cake? Yeah, I was going to say, why did she pour <laughs> made sense up? when Bret did that. Yeah. I mean, you would, but you shouldn't, because that's the guy. Yeah. 
Mandy Rose with white stuff on her face. There's your thumbnail, basically. Except she put her hands up and the cake just fell on the floor. It's funny you mentioned Brett. I tweeted this a little while ago, but it'll be digging around on Twitter. I can go and find it. It's an episode of Raw in 97 where Shawn Michaels has been announced as a guest referee in Brett's title match and he's living and he comes out to Vince and he finds the sweet spot on Vince's headset and he hits it. Vince's face doesn't get grazed and the headset goes flying. It's awesome. It is incorrect. Like Brett's the best at everything. There's always a sweet spot and Brett would always find it. Like, Curly Ray couldn't find one in a six-foot cake. I know. Like, you know, I like Curly Ray, but well, like, she's a wrestler. She's not a cake thrower, so I'm not, this is not a dig at her, but like, it's a big cake. It's not her fault. Mandy Rose put her hands up and knocked it out of her hands. Well, so. yeah, that's, they couldn't find the sweet spot on a cake and a bucket of spaghetti. I guarantee there was a split second where I thought Mandy Rose is going to scoop up some cake and put it in her face. Because like she's scrabbling around on the floor, and I was like, if that camera turns to face Kaylee Ray, she's going to go, right, let's get some stuff on the whole face. But anyway, she legged it out of there. We'll catch up with this after the main event, which was uh, Bron Breaker and Old Man Champer uh, versus Legado del Fantasma. Uh, Bron Breaker comes in early on. Uh, Gator roll to set up a delayed suplex on Joaquin Wild Champer gets Mendoza up, and they hit it at the same time. Thought that looked nice. Um, Santos Escobar is there at ringside uh, he interferes sends Breaker crashing into the ring steps uh, as he's uh, taken out of the ring at one point and the heels work over Breaker uh, eventually gets to the corner hot tag to Champa who comes in and cleans house uh, and uh, Champa catapulted Whacking Wild into a spine buster by Breaker nice little teamwork there as well uh, Escobar jumps up on the apron Distracts Breaker and that allows Mendoza to uh, to hit him with a missile drop kick and then execute a beautiful looking Phoenix splash for a two count. Mendoza then uh, missed a springboard and gets smashed with a, a spear from uh, Breaker. Whacking Wild gets involved, breaks up the subsequent pin attempt. Um, there was a spot in here, I'm, I can't remember exactly where it was, where I think it was Mendoza got sent into the corner and he sort of kicked off the turnbuckle, yeah. and ended up on the apron. I thought it looked spectacular. Um, but in amongst all this, Joaquin Wilde climbs up to the top turnbuckle uh, and gets shoved off it by Champer and crashes through uh, the announce desk. Uh, that leaves Mendoza isolated. Breaker lifts him up, Gorilla Press, um, drops him down into a power slam. One, two, three, Santos Escobar. Can't believe what he's seen. Champer and Breaker dominate Legado del Fantasma. They did dominate, right, but... I loved this match in a way that I didn't expect, which was I assumed when this feud started that, and it's because we've seen it before, so I thought they'd just follow the template. I assumed that, like, Phantasm would be nothing more than goons, just human hurdles, basically, for Bron Breaker to get to Santos Escobar and to build that match. They gave them just enough, and it's that spot that you pointed out, but it's the, like, quite entertaining, like, albeit small, heat segment they had in this match to make them credible enough that when Champer and Breaker burst through and beat them and beat them emphatically, it didn't feel like a, a, a piss about. It didn't feel yeah. like a, a protracted squash. It felt like Breaker and Champer had worked it. They continue to get Bron Breaker so right. When I was watching this, I was thinking, well, if Champer stuck that down there, it's almost a shame now that they seem to have they know where they're going with the Dusty Cup. Because I started to imagine our oh, team gets injured and in-step Breaker and Champer as an odd couple. And then on the same night, I know they're not called takeovers anymore, but like they do that thing where Breaker works twice. You know what they did with Adam Cole that time? Yeah. Breaker, he wins the Dusty Cup and he wins his individual match because that's just a cool way to get a guy over because they're getting Breaker so right. And I, I quite like this tag team. I like that he's got old man Tramper for these difficult situations going forward, you would assume yeah. now. I love this breaker run. I, I just love it. I buy the character. I like the matches. I like thinking of the other combinations beyond what we're getting next, which I think will also be a good match. I'm, I'm just 
earnest. It's boring, this. I'm just earnestly into it. Yeah, I, I care, which is yeah. a, a thing I don't often say about, you know, there's there's fun characters that I like that we often mention, but I care about Breaker. There was a bit where he hit the pinfall and then immediately grabbed his shoulder mm. and I dropped my arse a bit. I was like, no, please don't let him be injured because, like, this is just, like you say, just taking off for him and they're, they're getting him so right, Sige. Yes, mostly. There's still the... Bomb Breaker, his best stuff, makes you go, what? that. Like, standing in pace and all that kind of stuff. He still can't really draw any emotion from me when he's on the cell. Mm-hmm. That'll come. That'll come. come it's Tuesday. a dark... Yeah, calm Tuesday. Everything comes. Everything will come. Everybody comes. <laughs> Everybody comes. <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> There's a bit, though. Like, when, he, when Breaker is allowed to not do the WWE babyface thing, which he can... It's kind of listless whenever I see him doing it because he can just see that he just wants to get to the fireworks factory. When he's not doing that, he's awesome. And it's a bit when he's doing a deadlift mm. suplex, but it's the one where they did the stereo one. The way he transitioned into doing that, when he's like just flipping all over the place. Great roll, yeah. Great roll. Looks awesome. It's great. Um, but yeah, when he sells, I'm still not convinced by what he's doing That's at all. That's fair. But yeah, also shout out to, to Wilder Mendoza, because like you say, mm. this, this was a... On paper, a relatively straightforward squash, as we talked about. You know, can they coexist? Yes, they will be able to because we've got Santos Escobar coming up at the pay per view uh, or the, the takeover, or Vengeance Day. <laughs> um, good agent. In, it was uh, this was there was good agent. In and you know, Wild took an insane bump through, you know, off the turnbuckle through the announce table, and I thought Mendoza that Phoenix splash and the mm. and whatever it was, I don't know what it's called, the bouncing off the turnbuckle <laughs> to the apron. Thought he looked mint. I, I really am a fan of theirs, and uh, I think Legado the Fantasma are just great, even though. Uh, they're not getting any titles anytime soon. Uh, anyway, the close of the show sees uh, Kaylee Ray chasing Mandy Rose out to the ring. Uh, they brawl in there. Kaylee Ray just batters her uh, and gets on the mic and says, I don't want to wait till Vengeance Day. I want my title match next week. Uh, Mandy Rose agrees. Kaylee Ray puts down the bat, uh, or agrees to put down the bat if Mandy Rose agrees. Uh, and then she just hits Mandy Rose with a gory bomb and stands tall with the women's title belt over Mandy Rose ahead of next week. Is that a sci-fi thing? Do they believe that they're going to... I was going to say they're going to take a pound in the ratings. It can't get any worse. But do they? is, is that move for ratings reason or something? Because I can't see why. Otherwise, you would expedite that. It's it's not a, it's not going to draw, is it? Uh, but the actual vengeance stays on sci-fi as well. Yeah, oh, two weeks. Oh, hang on then. So they've got the title match next week and then something else theoretically for Vengeance Day. Or they've just deemed that Vengeance Day is going to be too full. I think they've just to realized the we need something for the one that isn't this branded thing that we might get uh, a, a decent amount of ret- retention. So I think they've just decided... They've overestimated the buzz then. Yep. So next week, maybe in two weeks, they're thinking two Dusty Cup finals. They might just do semi-finals for the women's. They might get week. the normal retention that they usually get with like some... Theoretically, or nominally big matches and the branding of a big show. And then they're probably thinking, oh, Christ, we need something for this other week. Otherwise, otherwise we're going to die. So I think this is the something for the other week. Yeah. Well, let us know your thoughts uh, on this week's episode of NXT. Do oh, on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. But make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, including our best podcast of the week, the NXT Preview, which will be back on... 
come Tuesday next week. <laughs> and we'll be back later on today with the AEW Dynamite preview, of course. But for now, uh, this has been the NXT 2.0 review. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.